Hey everybody, welcome to episode 87 of Making It. I'm Bob Cleggett, here with Jimmy DiResta. Hello everybody, how's everyone doing? Good. And David Pachuda. How are you doing? Oh, so much oomph mm. in that. Yeah, that you guys feel one. it? <laughs> I do feel it. Good. I like how you like threw it at the camera, you like <laughs> tilt your head back and threw it. <laughs> yeah. Cool, well, what's going on? Well, I just, uh, a little bit ago, I finished th- the first part of the Murphy bed build. It's actually going to be two parts. My cat is mm. yelling at me. I don't know if you can hear him. He's being oh, a yeah. jerk. Um, so the the first part is it's up, it's functional, but we don't have a mattress for it yet. And we don't know the exact placement in the room. So there's going to be a second part of the video down the road when we do have the budget to get a mattress and we can put some trim on there and add maybe some uh, side shelves or or drawers and finish. And I I think we're going to stain it. It's made out of oak plywood. And I've never, or I hardly ever stain, but I think this piece we're we're going to stain to make it look a little darker. And that'll all be a separate video, but the, the build part of the video is coming out on Thursday. And then earlier today... I put out a video on making a sandpaper organizer, and that was kind of you. Did, I when I was making it, I was making it without any plans, and it was just kind of like, uh, let's just see what works. And I kind of felt like it was like this would have been like if I did Twitch like you, Bob. This would have been a perfect mm-hmm. Twitch build because it was something I did yeah. in like an hour and a half, just thrown together. It didn't need to look pretty; it just needed to be functional. So that's what I'm working. Yeah, on. I've done it. I've done a few things like that, kind of utility stuff around the shop, and I've done those on Twitch, and it's perfect for that because, you know, it doesn't have to be super polished. Like, the product doesn't have to be polished mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, and it's a it's a cool way to get feedback from people. People have given me some really good ideas and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Yep. So I know yep. when Jimmy joined the Skype call, he was still out of breath because he was, he was working hard. <laughs> so I'm curious to know what he was working on. <laughs> Yeah, well, we had a really busy few days at the house. That we, me and Taylor, every once in a while, we invite a bunch of people up to the house, and and oh, we could always count on like fifty percent of the people bailing and not showing up because it's a far ride from the city and things change at the last minute. So this time we invited a lot of people, and every single one of them came, and so <laughs> and they all came with kids. I don't know if anybody watched my Snapchat. My my friend's daughter is so adorable. She was on my Snapchat. Uh, little Mary and um, they all came with dogs so we had like eight dogs in the house and about six kids running around and you know what it's like having kids they drink half a soda and then leave it on the table gets knocked <laughs> over and then just run out of the room pretend not to see it so the house was a disaster and we neither one neither Taylor nor I were able to do too much work because we both have a lot of work due and so we stayed up yesterday to, yesterday we had some people stay with the you know for the last couple of hours and uh, so yesterday was like a partial work day, and then today we both woke up, woke up at 8, and we've been going strong. She's working on chairs in the workshop out here, and I'm working on this trestle table that I've been working on on Snapchat. If anybody saw it, it's these, these two big ash logs I've been spinning on my lathe. And uh, I don't know if we're doing what did I learn today, but I know what I learned. I learned I need a better lathe for cutting wood. That's what I learned. Mm-hmm. So I've been scouring. Uh, actually, in the beginning of this weekend, I, on Snapchat, I went and I looked at a an 1870s lathe that's sitting in a junkyard. And I'm trying to find the owner of the junkyard to see if they want to sell it or at least give it away. It's 12 feet long. It's Whoa. it's I, I forget the name of it. It's uh, J.J. McCabe. J.J. McCabe, made in New York in the 1870s, 1880s. It's 12 feet long. It's about 20 inches wide. It takes a 20-inch swing. So you could put a piece of stock on there 20 inches in diameter. 
and it is insane. So I don't know. That would be a cool restoration project. And I and I the reason I went back to look at it, I've known about it. I went back to look at it because I started thinking, wow, if I really want to spin some heavy duty stuff on the lathe, I need a lot of power and a lot of strength. Something that's not going to walk around the room. Because when you spin these logs, I was spinning 10 inch diameter logs, 24 inches long. And the slightest, if you're not spinning a really slow RPM, which gives you a really difficult, slow, arduous process to get it balanced because it's spinning slow. You want it to spin fast so you can take off more material. But then you got to find that balancing point where it's not going to walk around the room because everything just goes num, 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 num. Anyway, I was able to spin those two logs. And uh, I'm closing in on a finish of my trestle table today. And uh, there'll be some pictures coming up soon. And uh, that's going to be a video. And then I kind of had to put my cannon on hold to finish this video. But the cannon's moving along. Everything's inching along. And so I'm putting up a couple of repeat videos. People are getting anxious. Because <laughs> I haven't put up something brand new since I put up the, uh, the, um, the Shaper video. But I guess it's been almost a week, over a week to two weeks ago. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be one of those things where a whole bunch of stuff comes out at once. And uh, on Core 77 tomorrow, my video will come out. Uh, that's Wednesday. So when this airs, it'll, it will have been out. So it's it's not rare. It's it's rare that Taylor and I come up here and actually relax. We just like work the whole entire time. <laughs> so today, everything's been jammed into today. So that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we could have some results to show our clients. So And I'll have some videos as well. Nice. Yeah. So that's it. <laughs> Still out of breath. I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> well, um, so a couple days ago, my next door neighbor came over. He knows that I have a shop and stuff and he needed some help with the project. And, uh, he had this old podium that he wanted, it had a, the top of it was broken and he wanted to replace part of the top to use in their, uh, synagogue. And so I was happy to help him replace this top. So anyway, Worked on that, and then I was giving it back to him, and we got to talking. He owns a bunch of shops around town. They own one that's downtown in the old section of town. And he was telling me about all the stuff that's in the top of this building. He was like, yeah, we have all the stuff from the previous tenants and this and that, and there's a printing press, and there's this. And, and I was like, oh, really? There's a printing press. <laughs> I know a guy <laughs> that might be interested in that printing press. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take pictures and send it to you and let you know. So I may have a lead oh, no for a, a new press. So that means you get to come oh, to wow. Savannah and pick it up, and we can figure oh, out wow. some sort of video. Because I'm oh, certainly cool. not bringing it to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Friday I ran, I ran about 180 prints, about 200, about 200 prints on my machine. They, when it all shakes out, I know how many pieces of paper I start with, but when it shakes out, a lot of them get jammed up in the machine. Hmm. So I never know my final count until I really call the herd and take out the bad ones. But I printed this weekend, so I got that under my belt. So I'm going to have more posters available. But um, I did find a guy this weekend that has amazing junk. So we, we drove past this guy's place a couple of times, and he was never open. And so yesterday, the end of the day, my, my friend Layla's about to leave, and... And I said to tell, I go, hey, why don't me, you and Layla take a ride to see if that guy's open? And it was almost 7 o'clock. I'm like, there's no way he's going to be open. And we go there, and he was like working in front, dilly-dallying, and he let us in. He's like, oh, I was just about to close. Come in, hang out. And he goes, if you want, check out my barn. We hung out with him for like two hours. It was dark when we left. Nice. I ended up buying a bunch of stuff from him. And one of the things I bought was like, you ever see, like, I've used it in a video. It's called a slick. It's like a big, giant chisel with like a long handle. It's just like a big square chisel. It's oh, about yeah, three yeah. inches wide yeah. by 10 inches long. But this one it hasn't had a handle, so the back's all mushed from people hitting it on the ferrule. And then the blade is literally snapped. Somebody used it to pry something, and it snapped and stayed bent. So the chisel literally is, goes up and at a 90-degree angle, it's broken. 
And <laughs> I looked at it. I just started laughing. I held it up and he goes, two bucks. I think I paid a dollar for it. I bought a bunch of stuff from him. So I bought that. So that's an upcoming video. So I'm excited. Of all the junk I bought this weekend, that's the one thing I'm most How excited about. How are you going to fix that? I'm just going to make it snubby. I'll break it off and make it shorter. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so it's about the last three inches. So instead of being like 10 or 12 inches long, it'll probably be about nine. Hmm. But, but it is, it'll be a fun restoration. So I found a lot of good junk this weekend. I meant to mention in my turn. So nice. back to you, Bob. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, anyway, I'll keep you posted <laughs> on the, uh, the printing press. But um, so I've been up to that. That was just, you know, a fix for a friend. Um, I ran another cast of my head from my life casting this morning. Ooh. So I did the first one on Twitch last week, and I was using HydraCal to cast it. And I got the mixture wrong. I just was not paying attention because I was, you know, doing the live stream, which happens a lot. Um, but so I had the mix wrong. It was too wet, and it never quite set up. I pulled it out of the mold yesterday, finally, after... You know, several days, and it was mostly set up except for the bottom, like where my neck would be, which is the part when you flip it over, that's the part it would sit on, and it just never quite hardened. So I decided to run another one today, and I put, uh, I worked on the mixture, got the mixture correct, filled it up all the way to the top, and then I put a Lazy Susan, like a, two boards of the Lazy Susan, and a bunch of nails sticking out down into the head so when i pull it off it'll be mounted on a lazy susan so um we'll see if that works i gotta wait probably another 18 hours or so to let it fully cure but hopefully that'll work um and then the video that's coming out this week is i made the game othello some people call it reversi so i did that and it's like a maple and walnut box um and then the pieces are sandwiched maple and walnut circles. And so you flip the piece over to have different colors from one side to the other. So pretty happy with how it came out. Turned out pretty cool. There's 64 pieces, which was such a pain. So I ended up cutting them out all on the CNC and then had to sand them all by hand. But I'm happy with how it came out. Cool. Yeah, so that's what I've been up to. And then, you know, of course, it was Labor Day weekend, so we spent... And, and oh, we had a hurricane come through. Um, nice. On Friday. <laughs> oh, nice. That sounds oh, yeah. fun. Yeah. Forgot about that. Um, it turned out it was nothing. It, it came across Florida, and you know we caught it. And basically, all of Friday was just super windy, probably fifty mile an hour winds, and a lot of rain. But we had no damage. Our power flickered a couple of times, but it never even went out. So you know, it was fine. I had some friends who lost power for a day or so, but but because of that, you know, we just decided. The kids didn't have to go to school because of the hurricane, and so we just had a super long weekend, spent a lot of family time, just did a lot of stuff around. And then, of course, Saturday, it was passed through, and it was hot and sunny, and it was like a perfect summer day. <laughs> so, you know, we had Labor Day weekend. Um, but, let's see, I had a couple things that came up um, I wanted to chat about before we started talking about our topic. One is the Glowforge. And I saw an article today saying, and maybe this isn't interesting for anybody, but it was interesting for me because I hadn't heard anything about them or from them in a little while. And um, I know in the past that has usually meant that there's like a delay that they're about to announce. <laughs> That's happened twice. Hmm. But anyway, I saw an article today saying that they are on track for shipping in December. And um, they've like, it had a bunch of numbers about how many they've sold and all that stuff. But it was you know clear to point out that 
they are on track. Everything's still going good. And the early bird pricing that we got, or I got at least, is ending at the end of September. So I wanted to point that out because I know a lot of people have talked to us about that machine. And if you're wanting to get it at the cheaper price, the end of this month is when you have to do that by. So anyway, thought I would just throw that out there for people. Another thing, somebody asked me on Twitter what we were going to do for our 100th episode, which is coming up. I saw that. <laughs> and I don't have any ideas. Everybody bring, we bring pizza and cake. <laughs> yeah, we'll so, eat each pizza and cake <laughs> yeah, our own, we, on our own end. We, it's just <laughs> us chewing. <laughs> I don't. So if you guys yeah, have good. ideas, let us know. Yeah. I think it'd be cool. Hey, Bob, I'm watching. The reason you heard my phone blurp is because I wanted to watch your head mask thing, and I'm watching it in the corner here. Okay. And how neurotic were you just sitting still, and how long did you need to sit still? I have the sound off, so. You're talking about the, when they actually made the mold? When they did you, yeah. Um, it took about an hour, a little over an hour, and it really <laughs> wasn't bad. I was were I you, was really apprehensive going into it, honestly. Yeah. And I kept kind of, they were like, yeah, come on, let's do the head cast. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. we don't have to do it right now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we can do it tomorrow. And then they just kept it, pushing. And so wow. when we did it, it took about an hour. And um, I mean, I trust Bill. Bill's a really good guy. We've gotten to be good friends. And so I trust him. And he was really adamant about I'm the only one that's going to work around the nose. So he was right. and he was talking to me the whole time. Like, you know, don't worry. I'm, I'm clearing your nose. I'm making sure that it's good. And, you right. know, so it was fine. But a couple of times I did start to feel like. Oh wow, this is taking a long time, and I would feel my my breath starting to shorten a little bit, and then I would just take in yeah. big deep breaths and blow them out, you know. And I did that, and it calmed me down. I was good. But yeah, you really got to be like, got to have like a Zen mind about you to do that. I did notice that every time he started working around my nose, I would get worried about like, what if he accidentally, you know, it, get, it plugs my <laughs> nose or something real quickly. So when I felt him starting to work there, I would take in a deep breath and hold it, so that in case it got in my nose, I could blow it out, you know. Wow. But it never happened, so yeah, it was fun. No, it's amazing. I'm watching now. It's crazy, and they're going to cut up the back of your head now. <laughs> it was funny how many oh. comments were like, I got nervous just watching this video, or yeah, I lost my breath just watching it. It's like, God forbid they take it off, and you're like completely out cold. <laughs> it's like fall over. I was more worried about like waking up in Mexico. Like They'd wrap my head in this thing, and then it would go silent, and I'd finally pry the thing off and i'm in a different country or something <laughs> bob when they made you they broke so, the mold oh actually no i've got it in my shop oh, they did. oh okay okay <laughs> <laughs> so ideas for the 100th episode if anybody has them tweet them at us yep yeah that'd be cool um so we don't really have a topic exactly but we kind of have a topic um we have a starting point starting point that's a that's an excellent way to put it and the starting point, I think, is a failure of mine. So maybe failure is the wrong word. But I've talked about before that I um, trained for marathons. I've done three marathons, trained for four. <clears throat> and I'm currently training for one right now that's supposed to happen in November, November 5th. And I've been, since before the training started, I've been dreading it. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to. It's a huge amount of time to put in. It's running four days a week. The long runs get really excessive on time. And it's just, it's hot here. You know, it's like upper 90s in the summer. So training in that weather, even in the middle, you know, like early in the morning before the sun comes up, is just almost unbearable. All this stuff, you know, all these reasons that I came up with why it was awful and why I didn't <laughs> want to do it. Um, but I've been doing it anyway. 
because I know that running is good for me. <clears throat> so I've been going through it. The last two weeks, I've skipped my long run. You have one long run a week, and I've been just, I just like didn't do it. And then there was a hurricane, but I still, I didn't do it. And so basically today on my run, I decided that I just wasn't going to run the marathon. Instead, I'm going to do a half marathon, which I'm already running that. So that's not, it's not going to push me any further to be able to reach that distance. But anyway, all this to say, um, I had a plan that was going, that was going to take 18 weeks and it was going to require a lot of me. And I'm almost to the halfway point and I've basically just backed off that plan. So that doesn't matter probably to anybody but me in that particular situation. But I thought it would be interesting to talk about, like, at what point are you going down a path? At what point do you say, I got to change my mind? I have to change the plan, you know, or I see a better way or I'm just not capable or something to that effect. You guys have any thoughts on when or why that should happen or shouldn't happen? Well, I think it's important that no matter what you're doing, if it's possible to keep flexible, right? We're always trying to reprioritize things for the better good. And sometimes that means not coming through on promises because your focus may shift. And some people are in a position where they can do this. Some people can't. And, you know, obviously when you you are and you're just you just you're reprioritizing refocusing for a better bob yeah yeah i mean i think in my in this particular situation it's i'm just not drawn to it before i was doing i was putting in all this time and doing all this this excessive amount of running because it was challenging me to something that i've never done it was getting me through something that i i wasn't sure that my body could do that I could put the time in, that we could figure out the schedule for, all that stuff. But I've done it now. I've done it three times, and it's hard, and it sucks, honestly, for a, a long time, you know, several weeks. And so at this point, there's no real newness to it for me to go through all of that. Um, and, you know, I think that could be applied to anybody that's like – I know we've talked to people before after the podcast who make products – and they love making this product for the first time. And they're like, oh, wow, I've got this process down. I can make this thing. And then they start getting custom order, orders for these things. And they have to make 100 of them. And by the time they get to 50, they're like, I hate this thing. I don't want to make this thing anymore. <laughs> and that's, it's kind of the same thing. You know, you get a new challenge and you're gung-ho and you're motivated to, like, attack it. But at some point, that challenge isn't there anymore. I, I, before Jimmy steps in here, I want to know... Like, how do you feel? Do you feel relieved or do you feel a little bit of disappointment? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I am disappointed in myself because I don't, I don't like to not follow through with anything. Like, I'm one of those let your yes be yes, your no be no type people. And I just, if I say I'm going to do something, I want to follow through, do my best at it. I know that that's only to me. Though I'm not letting anybody else down by changing my mind on this particular thing. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to temper it with that. Like, it's just my follow-through that I'm hitting. The relief is, oh, wow, I don't have to put in a ridiculous amount of time every week. I can run, like, reasonable amounts of time. And, 
you know, I don't have to worry about the pain that's going to happen on this date that just like suffer. Like last year, I literally dreaded going to up to that date. Like, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. It hurts. It's not fun. I don't want to do it. And so now the relief is, ah, <laughs> I can go run a race that I'm not going to like feel awful that day, you know? So mm-hmm. it's kind of both for sure. Mm-hmm. As the, the older I get, the more I realize it's okay to just change course I mean, of course, I was, I'm the same as you, Bob. Like I, I mean what I say, and I say what I mean. And I do feel a sense of, of failure when I decide to change plans and, and change my goal, especially when it's a big goal. But like I said, the older I get, the more I realize it's like you just got to switch up your priorities. Maybe work is in the way, or it's getting in the way of different type of work or things that, you know, your family or more important things at that moment. But I always reassure myself by thinking, I can pick this up somewhere else down the road. And I do. Hmm. There are many times where I, I'll, I'll put a project down and then I pick it up. You know, think of the, the, there's been a few of my YouTube videos that just take years to finish or, you know, several, several months. Uh, those are just sort of metaphors that people can actually identify with because they've seen them. But uh, many things in my life where I decide to just, you know what, let me put that on hold for a minute and then I can pick it up somewhere else. And as long as it's not detrimental to your health or your well-being, yeah. you could always do it, pick it up down the road. You, know, yeah. you just got to get over that little, that little bit of sense of failure. And, and like you said, you really only feel that for yourself. When there's other people involved, I work my hardest to make sure that I keep my word. Right. You know, that's, that's the most difficult part is when I have to like call a client and say, I know I said this, but I really have to tell you this. Yeah, that's that's really difficult for me. I try at all costs to avoid that. I've had to do that, and that's the last resort. But when it's just me and it's a personal thing, it's a little bit easier. I kind of, I kind of tend to put myself last, which isn't a great thing when it comes to priorities and that type of stuff. So, yeah, it's a learning it's a learning process. Now, David, you've um, you've made a lot of changes, you know, in your career, right? I mean, you changed careers like I did, but then even since you are doing this full time, creating content, you've made a lot of changes. Um, and I'm not, not relating those to failures, but just you've decided to make a change about your kind of trajectory and how you do stuff. Yeah. What are some of like the examples of like why, and at what point you thought I have to make this change or, or was it like an experimentation or, you know, uh, I mean a little bit of, uh, I needed to do this to accomplish this. And it was a little bit of experiment experimentation so there was the the weekly wrap-up show that i used to do every week and it started to become a big thing where it was taking up a lot of time like i'm watching videos every single day i'm taking notes every single day and i'm gathering up all this information and then it takes me a full day to shoot and edit this thing and i realized like this is only going to get me take me so far as far as what i think of as accomplishment and i wanted to focus more on my own making and my own skills and so i eventually had to set that aside and say you know what i'm only going to make videos now of me making stuff because that's going to help me progress into a better david and that disappointed a lot of people and i still get comments almost on every video like oh i missed the wrap-up and i'm like I'm I'm sorry. This is what I do now. Hmm. You know, I have more. F- I when I did that, it was really fun, and then it got to a point where it kind of felt like work, 
and and I just felt like I wasn't growing. And when I when I set it aside and I focused more on me building, I noticed my skill level just went up through the roof. My video skill letting skill level um, raised as well. As I'm trying to figure out how to tell stories, instead of telling other people's stories, I now tell my own stories. And you know, and what I do now might not be what I do a year from now. Maybe that's going to change again. And whatever, I, I'm always ready to pivot. I'm always ready to change what I do to make my happiness is always my end goal. And so it's, it's it, that's what it's all about is is happiness. And right now, just building on my skill uh, as far as video storytelling is is my is my goal and what I find happiness in. Yeah. Yeah, I guess um, there's a difference. Maybe maybe there's a difference between like something you've done as a stepping stone to get to the next, you know, like things that are progressive versus things that are investment. Because um, I mean, obviously, I think anytime you create content, you have to be in some way progressing all the time so that you're getting better at what you do or yeah. creating anything, you know, yeah. I and mean, creating hard goods, whatever. You still have to be getting better. Um, I think there's another level of it, though, that's like investment into the training, like the marathon training would be that where I've, I've taken a block of time and taken things out of my life to make room for that block of time. And it would be kind of like, you know, if, if we had built up these YouTube channels and we put all these years and time into building these audiences and doing all this stuff, and then we were like, you know... Video is not really very cool. I'm just going to, you know, that's a huge investment to walk away from. And obviously training for a race is not the same type of investment. But I wonder if there's a difference in like how we approach things that we're invested in versus things that we're constantly evolving. Mm. Mm. Um, Because you can evolve in a different direction. It's still evolution, right? You can can change the way you're doing a video or the way you're doing a a particular talent. Um, And it's still moving forward. It's just moving in a different direction. But I think I would feel less. I'm I'm thinking out loud here. I think I would feel less um, kind of like disappointed in myself, self left, whatever you know what I mean. Um, if I'm moving forward, if I'm not just stepping away from something entirely. So I think that's part of what I'm I'm trying to wrestle with here is just the fact that it's not like I'm marathoning training and then deciding to switch directions and now I'm going to do trail running or I'm now I'm going to evolve this into some other thing. It's like, I'm just not going to do that anymore. <laughs> that feels really weird for me. It's like unnatural for me personally, but well, you know, it's funny. Like sometimes we give up on things just because of the daunting, it's a daunting task. And sometimes I change my, my goal, my trajectory. For instance, if I think I'm going to do something by the springtime, I'll say, you know what, let me give myself one year to do that. And then I always I always make the metaphor of like riding a bicycle in first gear. If you're going up a tremendous hill, it's it's a lot of work if you're in a higher gear. If you're in low gear, if you're in first gear, you could just, you know, do that and then you'll get to where you're going. If you walk like I, I remember realizing this once, I was walking all around San Francisco one day and I just took these little tiny steps because I was like completely kaput at the end of this long day. And I was taking these little tiny steps and I was like, all I got to do is just keep putting one foot in front of the other until I get to the top of that hill and then I'll be able to walk downhill. It'll be easier. And I kind of use that metaphor with my work when I realize, all right, this is, I'm taking too many big bites. I have to slow Hmm. down. Instead of thinking this is going to take me a week to do, I really have to be honest with myself and say, 
let me give myself three weeks or four weeks or five weeks to do this. And then the, the pressure alleviates. I have to remind myself to do that more often. Yeah, you were talking earlier, probably before we started recording, about how you have to reevaluate in that you think you're ahead on your schedule or you think you're caught up, yeah. but it turns out that you're not. Is that kind of yeah. what you're talking about there? Like you have to give yourself a little some bit. Room? Yeah, a little bit of everything. Like during the weekend, I felt like okay, everything I, I promised is is in path, is in is is moving along, and then suddenly I'm hit with the reality Tuesday morning. Oh, that's this job I have to do is actually Thursday. That's only a couple of days from now, and all, all these things have to happen between now and then. And then all oh, this other job is due, and all these things have to happen between now and tonight. And so I start thinking those things and overwhelming myself. But then I, I just really have to remind myself, I can only do this right now. Try mm-hmm. not to think about anything else. I mean, I, I, I live with this girl for a little while, and we're still friends. And she would always say to me, what's going to happen when? And what's going to happen when? And what's going to happen when? And she would kind of be, she was a little bit of a nervous Nelly. And I got, like, I didn't realize this about myself until I look back. I would always say to her, I'm not even going to think about that until we have to. And so I, I developed that process, living with that, that girl, and the idea of constantly not thinking about something unless I actually have to think about it. And then when it's in front of me and the due date is reasonable, then I start working on it. But she, she, we would be driving, and she's like, well, what's going to happen when we get to this country or this city or this state? Because we drove across the country a lot together, and that was really when this thought process developed. I said, like, where are we going to sleep tonight? I was like, and this was before phones and internet. This is in the 90s, like early 90s. I'd be like, I don't know. When we get to Oklahoma, we'll find a place to sleep. Hmm. The worst case scenario, we'll sleep in the car. But, you know, we can't worry about that early in the morning when we're 300, 500 miles away. Got to worry about it when you get there. You know, if, if there's no other means to yeah. figure it out. So the idea of just all these jobs I have to do and all this work that always seems to be overwhelming... Uh-huh. I just have to take a step back and say, I'll worry about each individual thing that has to happen in a reasonable amount of time when it needs to happen, giving myself enough time to actually execute. Hmm. And, so, then, and then with the idea of those little baby steps, don't forget to get the materials when I'm over there. When I'm on Hope Depot, make sure I get the materials for this, that, and that other job. When I'm over here, let me get the screws for these three jobs. And so those are the little baby steps. So everything's always moving forward. Right. And little bits and pieces. And try to try to keep everything in mind so that you could interwe- interweave your 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 tasks and your your errands. Because a large part of making anything is just running around. <laughs> like I gotta load my truck with wood for this job I have to do on Thursday. I have to build a fence. Uh, it's like gonna be an artistic fence. So I, I have to go get a ton of wood up here because it's cheaper to get than and this type of wood I want to get is only available at the sawmill. And so I'll be putting 300 miles on my truck with this giant load of wood in the back. And I got to think logistically, if that's going to be in the back of my truck, what else do I need to carry? How will I carry it? And so, you know, all these little thought processes kind of bog you down, but you really can only worry about them one at a time hmm. as it becomes necessary. You know, I, I think it's important to think about whatever the task that you are doing or the goal that you're trying to complete, you have to ask yourself, like, why are you doing this thing and who are you doing this thing for? I remember a long time ago, back in high school, I played in uh, or junior high, I played in sports. And I'm like, I just don't like sports, but my my family thinks I should play sports. And then when I just quit playing sports, I was like, it was really hard to say, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to play sports because I just don't want to. But once I got past that point, 
I was like, ah, oh, I feel better because I wasn't playing for me. I was playing for friends and, and family, but it, it wasn't me. So it's, it's important to ask why and who are you doing these things for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Mm-hmm. So, Jimmy, you're talking about all your tasks and everything. I was curious. You know, we talked a while back about your phone and your calendar. Did you ever get anywhere with that? <laughs> I did figure out how to be able to – I did figure out why when I go into the calendar, it's never on the date of the day I'm trying to make the setting. Okay. And that was because I didn't have like one little check, something having to do with iCloud. So once I checked that one thing – and it wasn't in any of the menus. I can't remember where it was. I just happened to see it. And it wasn't where any of the suggested places to look that a lot of the fans said, which were some of the obvious ones that I looked right away and everything seemed to be synced up. There was one little check somewhere that said iCloud this or iCloud that. So now when I open up any of these calendars and I click today, it actually gives me the, the, the date and the time frame that I'm within to begin to start to set something. Hmm. So I'm, I'm part way there, but I still stopped using the calendar. <laughs> I still haven't started using the calendar. <laughs> so it works now, but you're still not using it. Yeah, but what I do do a lot, and, and I think I talked about this, is I just open the phone and say, Siri, remind me to do this in, on this date and that time. So I, I talk to it. I don't, yeah. I, don't implant, I don't input information with my physical fingers. I just say, Siri, don't forget I have a podcast today at 4. And she's like, okay, I'll remind you. <laughs> And I always lie to Siri. I always say, you know, if it's four o'clock, I say, Siri, remind me to do the podcast at three. So that gives me an hour to start to wind down and get into a new direction. <laughs> and so I do that a lot now. And then you text us at four saying, hey, I'm going to be a little late. Yeah. Today I was only three <laughs> minutes late. And actually, I, the minute I opened my computer it was exactly four o'clock. <laughs> yeah. It was funny getting a text that just said 4.03. I'm like, Wow. <laughs> You're very specific about how late you're going to be. You know why? Because I sat down at my computer, and I thought my headphones were on the desk, and I couldn't find them, and I left them at the lathe, and I ran all the way out to the yard and back. And as I'm running, I'm texting 403. That's why he was out of breath. That's why he was out of breath. (laughs) I ran to get my headphones at the lathe. I left them next. I was listening to to Mark Maron while I was lathing this weekend. That's funny. Lathing or turning? Oh, uh, turning. I, I, I did something very, very bad. Very, 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 very bad. I turned wood onto my machine lathe. So Why I'm probably going to become, I'm going to, I'm going to get drummed out of YouTube. That's it. I'm not going to be allowed in any of the machinist groups ever again. Uh, but I've always uh, no, wondered why people don't do that more because there's, you, there's more precision, preci- precision in, in a metal lathe, right? Uh, yeah, there is. There is. Um, the reason I, I set this whole log up and I don't even think, I might have videotaped it. By the way, remember I talked about cutting the log down with no clothes on and that the whole joke? I had to abandon all that part of the video talk about changing direction. I had to abandon all that because all that wood I got was just, A, it was too small as far as circumference. Ultimately, once I cleaned it off and leveled it, it ended up being way too skinny once I got all the, the unevenness out of it. And it was pine. It was just too soft. I couldn't get a good cut out of it. And so I went to the sawmill. And so you'll see in the video, when the video opens up, I'm at the sawmill gathering wood from my friend Chris. He cut a couple chunks of wood off of an ash tree for me, and that's what I ended up working on. And then the ash tree was so much heavier than the pine, and I knew if I set it up in my laid-down state, it just wouldn't even turn it. It would just jump all over the place. So I brought it upstate, and I put it on my my South Bend lathe, and I made a perch that stuck off of the tool holder, and I used that, and I chiseled it. I did a little bit of machining at first, just experiment with with the machine lathe, and it was it wasn't working. I just really had to take the wood down with chisels, and uh, I don't have a great set of 
turning tools and I don't have a great wood lathe. And so now what I learned today is I was joking earlier in the podcast. I definitely need a good, I don't know if it's going to be a, a jet or, you know, one of these more modern lathes that a lot of the guys use. I need a good lathe because this project would have been half the amount of time I put into it. If I had a good lathe, like a lathe that could handle the weight and the length and, and the speed. Hmm. So, but this the reason I did it on my South Bend lathe is because it's a couple thousand pounds. It's not going to go anywhere while this big log is like lumbering around in a circle until you get it even or balanced. Yeah, or so lathed. I did that on. <laughs> I lathed it, <laughs> and but that, it made such a tremendous mess. So I had to like I worked. I talked about it in my Snapchat. I work for twenty minutes, then I clean up for a few minutes, then I work for twenty. Because otherwise, I'd be literally up to my neck in wood shavings, and it would be in the gears and everything. So I'd have to. And I kept wiping the machine down with oil and stuff. Man. Yeah, so that's it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the lathe people. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's your lathe. You can do whatever you that's want right. to with it, man. That's right. I'll do whatever I want. I'll paint it purple. Do it. that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be hilarious. Well, you guys have anything else on this uh, kind of idea of changing directions? or? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that's going to be totally absurd and extreme. But, you know, as a kid, I realized this. I don't know if I ever said this, but I used to always compare, like, if, if something feels traumatic, I'd compare it to death. I'd be like, you know what? You know, people would say, no one's going to die. And if you really, like, feel upset about something, you're like, oh, this is not life-threatening. This is just a decision to change direction. Hmm. This isn't life-threatening. This isn't, you know, a decision about medical needs or anything. This is just a decision about work or personal preference or exercise or whatever it is. And so... Compared to that, everything's great. Yeah. Because I, I still got my health. And I know that sounds stupid, but, you know, when you really... People get depressed over, like, this compartmentalization instead of looking at the whole group right. of boxes. Well, you said and something, so compare, was it last week or the week before, and you're like, you, we dread this thing that's going to happen, but in an hour, that thing is going to be over with. Like, so why are you dreading it so oh, right, much? Yeah. You know, whatever that quote was, yeah. it's just like, oh, it yeah. just I, I've been thinking it all day long. Yeah. <laughs> it's the idea that, like, in by midnight tonight, this table that's, like, completely sucking my life is going to be done and complete. And so I got to, like, just don't forget, I'm just doing baby steps all day long. It's going to add up to the end point, the finished product, mm -hmm. and then I'll be past it. It's just, like, it's also a lot of, uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, self-actualized mental stress that isn't necessary. You know, just like, is the client going to like it? Uh, um, you know, it's a little little bit of insecurity that I'm stressing myself out about stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good way to look at, you know, deciding when to make changes or what to change about. Um, is just look ahead a couple of weeks or a day or a year or whatever and see how it's going to, how's this decision going to impact me at that point? Most likely mm -hmm. it won't make a difference at all. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a family member in my life who... Maybe I shouldn't even be saying this, but this person like gets really anxious and has a lot of anxiety over over little things. And it's like I always ask, "What's the worst that could happen?" You know, if we mm -hmm. don't cut the grass today, what's the worst that could happen? Oh, it's you know, it's going to be too long to mow. Big deal. Life is gonna life is gonna move on. We'll start we'll start the grass. <laughs> we'll start the lawn over next year. You know. Uh, it's, it's so it's, if you just break it down into its, it's these simple little little things, they, they're not big deals. 
And I'm doing that experiment with my yard right now, just so you know. I'm trying to see like how long I can let it get before it's just sure. it's a problem. Yeah. yeah. You know how you know how you do that, by the way. If your grass is too long, just push the first coat, the first coat, the first push of the mower on a wheelie. Oh yeah. And then oh, just yeah. bring it back flat. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of wheelies. Yep. A couple of progressively lowering wheelies, and then you'll get it all done. And then you do half paths. You don't. You don't. Yeah. You don't oh, do yeah. That. yeah. Yep, 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 yep. That's a good call. we got to do a next episode. Actually, the 100th episode should be long cutting techniques. <laughs> but, 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 <laughs> Mowing tips. Yeah, well, Jimmy and I, we did our, our uh, Jimmy mows the lawn, Mowing Pachuta mows the lawn videos <laughs> yeah. last year. So, Yeah. yeah that's what I'm going to do. i got a couple good tips. I'll start collecting them. All right. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys ever mow the lawn when the blade breaks in half? And then all of a sudden it feels like you're sitting on like a, a tremendous, like, helicopter no that no. sounds scary that sounds terrifying yeah you go immediately out of balance and like you're spinning at whatever 30,000 rpms and you're way out of balance and all of a sudden it just feels like you're gonna be sitting on like an eminent explosion that's crazy <laughs> i i have fun. a push mower i mean my yard's like so tiny so i, I couldn't even use a, a riding mower if i wanted to but <clears throat> well um i guess we've talked about that do you, yes, you got anything else you want to talk about? We got some more time, or we could go short. Hey, any of you guys own a house? Yes. <laughs> we were just commiserating before the podcast started about owning a house, and and my house in particular is, is the, fir, the 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 main frame of this house was built in 1793 ish by a descendant of John Adams. Apparently, oh. that's what I've been told. I don't know if that's true. Larry um, Adams. Uh, yeah, uh, Gary Adams. <laughs> no, actually, the guy who the guy who built my house, his name was Adams. His name was John Adams, but he wasn't the John Adams from from Braintree, Massachusetts, second president. He was, and he was also in the local government here. He's like like a state assemblyman or something. Hmm. And we found his grave. Me and Taylor went to we oh. went and found his grave, and we visited his grave. He he died in like somewhere in like eighteen something. Is it on the property? No, no, it's it's in Saugerties, which oh, is uh, gotcha. about twenty miles away, and um, and then we get back, we got back from the from the graveyard, which is about twenty miles away, and we get to the house, and I was walking around the house, and I thought I heard somebody over my shoulder say, "Hey, you!" and I turned around, and I thought Taylor was right behind me, and I, and there was nobody behind me, and I said to Taylor, "Did you did you just hear somebody say that?" And she's like, "It's John Adams. He followed us home. He wants to see what we did with the house." He's going to be so disappointed. <laughs> no, I think he'll be happy. Oh, good. I think, be good, happy. Good, good. I think he was happy, yeah. <laughs> That's a true story. But we were just commiserating about how, like you guys have seen in some videos, how my paint is peeling on my house. We, we've, we've booked a guy to come and paint, and he's taken a lot of time to finish up his other work. He has to decide which is important for him. And maybe I should play him this podcast, and he can come work on my house quicker than the other stuff. But my, uh, my house is just, it's just never-ending. It's just never-ending like fixing up and there's like everything's covered with tarps and paint and I have well, a I have a question. Steps. So we yeah. want we want to sell our house in a year or two. And like so there's always work to be done on any house, but when you want to sell it like quadruples, right? So we need to completely redo our bathroom. Our bathroom is just disgusting looking. But all the trim around the house has been painted twenty times. We have solid wood doors that have been painted 20 times is there a safe way to remove the paint from doors like that and get into all where all the you know the um 
the curves and, and and everything. Yeah, actually, you know what? We bought this machine. It's well, it's just it's basically like a toaster oven with no with no walls. It's just this like heating element, and you put it on the paint, and it heats all the paint up. You, obviously, you could start a fire with it if you're not careful. But you put it over, it takes, it's like about five inches by 12 inches. And it's just a big heating grill. And you hold it over the section and it lifts all that paint up. Hmm. It's smelly. You got to really do it outside. If you could take the doors off the hinges and do it outside, you're better and safer. And then with a, with a small spatula or a paint spatula, it just peels right off. No we chemicals? We did it to a couple of door jams. Nope. Wow. But, you know, it's, you're heating up lead paint in some cases. So you got to do it outside in a ventilated area. Hmm. Um, but it works great. And then and some of the doors in my house have so much paint on them. I just can literally, if I just get a little bit of elbow grease and just get like right down to that first coat of paint and scrape it, it just chips right off. And then I got to keep a vacuum while I'm doing it because it turns into a thousand little crumbles. And you can just get it with like a couple, you get like the right angle and the right tool. You can scrape the paint right off the, the thing without any, without any heat, without just some elbow grease. So it all depends on the paint and the wood because you don't want to dig into the wood. If it's a soft door, you could obviously dig into the wood like a chisel you just got to like find that good angle between the paint and the door and just scrape it right up yeah i mean that's if you have a lot a lot a lot of paint on it the problem areas are the panels and the little nooks and crannies to to get into the panels yeah try that heat thing i'll I'll send you a link to it cool i just gotta ask taylor what it's called because we bought one and it's amazing is Hmm. it is it an investment is it no it's only i think we bought it used on ebay it was like 50 bucks oh okay you can yeah. just put it, your doors in the oven. <laughs> that's yeah. it. <laughs> we'll just so get that we, big we, oven that Jimmy has that's, that's always on, whatever those things oh, are called. Yeah. Oh, August, though. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, my, my buddy Scott, Uncle Mullet, him and, him and Robert Salazar put that video. It's out this week. You could check out Uncle Mullet. Oh. Him, nice. him packing my stove up. It's funny. Um, so we had a, a realtor look at our house not too long ago, just trying to figure out like if we should – renovate because our kitchen has never been renovated it's not in bad shape but it just is old a couple of the bathrooms um never got updated and so we were asking her you know to up the value of the house like or to sell the house is it better to have these things completely redone and is the investment we would put into it worthwhile and basically and i know it's different for every house and different for every market and stuff but basically she said to us if you have a room that's functional and it doesn't need something to work as it should work. Don't do anything to it. You know, clean it, get it nice looking, maybe a coat of paint, but don't anyth- don't do anything else. And let that be a thing for the new owner or the potential buyer to see as I can make this what I want, rather than coming into something that's been freshly remodeled, but it's not necessarily what they want. Mm-hmm. So she told right. us, like, you know, do the bathrooms, like, you know, paint them, maybe change out a light fixture, but don't put any money into it. Don't do anything hmm. to the kitchen. Just get it reasonable. And, you know, now obviously if your house is in bad shape enough to the point where a renovated kitchen would actually add a lot of value to the house, maybe that's a different approach. Yeah. But in our case, like the kitchen's fine. It just is outdated. And mm-hmm. The appliances are new, but, you know, the kitchen itself is outdated. So something to think about if you are going to sell, like where, you where know, to put You money. know, it's funny. We um I we have a lot of people do photo shoots here and stuff and they love the texture of the house because we have like peeling paint and the, you know plaster is showing in some spots and lots of textured walls with old wallpaper showing and I had my house appraised and the guy said 
you know, you're an artist, so you think that's cool. He said, but that's <laughs> not cool because people want houses that are painted. They don't want houses that the paint's peeling off it. Mm. So he says, you know, you've got to evaluate these things if you plan on selling it. I mean, I'm not really planning on selling it. I'm just trying to get a different mortgage. But hmm. I learned a lot when he came. Hmm. Kept reminding me that I have to fix this and fix that and do this and do that. and Yeah. Yeah, it was rough walking through the house with our agent. And she was just pointing out, you know, and we, we had her there for that reason. But we said, you know, just tell us what we have to do to get the house in a place to where if we wanted to sell it, we could. And it was a much longer list. So <laughs> yeah, it's like somebody like walking away from it. Claws all day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, you have a wrinkle right there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, oh, look at those gray hairs in your beard. Nice. By the way, he saw the Aga stove and like the, we have some brand new appliances. He goes, oh man, these are gorgeous. I'm like, does that, does that, he goes, no, 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 this is all personal. None of this matters. I'm like, oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's considered personal property. It doesn't matter. Because they come and go. You, you could switch them out for $50 or use the appliances before you sell. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I said, okay. Hmm. Thought I was at a certain place with this place and not. Hmm. Well, you could just get a different appraiser. <laughs> it's not up to me. It's up to the bank. Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately. But anyway, we'll see where it goes. I'm, I'm just trying to refi. That's all. I, if this doesn't work out, I'm, I'm right where I was before I started. So Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, you guys want to talk about what we're watching? Watch anything cool? Sure. Do you guys subscribe to a channel called Tom Scott? It's, 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 it's a bigger channel. It's got like a half a million um, views. But uh, Tom Scott had a guest on earlier this week, and she did this. It, the the video is called seeing things visual disturbances we all experience and she did like these motion graphics of you know those little floaters that you see in your eye or if you press on your eye and then you let go you get like these weird swirly things Mm -hmm. Uh, the graphics that she did for this video were like dead on it's i'm like that's exactly what i see and uh so this was tom scott promoting this other channel who had discussed on on there and so I'm going to link to both videos, but her channel is called Draw Curiosity, and then the other channel is called Tom Scott, and we'll put those in the show notes. Cool. Cool. I'm going to talk about Charlie Hamilton, is a young woodworker who came to visit me recently, and his channel is called The Young Woodworker. And I think it's, it's nice to see somebody getting into the game very, very young. He's, I think, 14 or 15 years old, and he's, he's just starting out, and he's very very eager and uh it's great to see someone that young i just can only imagine if i was his age and i started youtube like the world of things that we can go back and watch <laughs> you know so check him out give him some love he's a he's an up-and-comer he's just starting out young woodworker on instagram and on youtube cool um i have two things one is a channel that I've been watching for a while, and then somebody uh, mentioned it on our Twitter this week, and it reminded me that it would make a really good uh, pick. And the channel's called Rainfall Projects. Have I ever talked about him before? Sounds familiar. I can't remember his name. Um, but he is a guy that works a farm, and I think it's a family farm, and basically he just makes videos of like fixing things or making... Oh, yeah, I follow him. I totally follow him. That's why I know it's familiar. Yeah, he recently made a couple of signs. He made one for Frank Howarth. 
And yep. um, I made another sign at the same time in the same video. But it's a lot of welding, uh, a lot of different types of stuff. But it's just a really cool, like, his videos are getting better and better. And he tells really nice stories. And he has a good, relaxing pace to them. And um, they're good stuff. So, and I, I enjoy them. He just did one recently that was uh, building a, a tool kind of organizing panels to go in the back of a toolbox in the back of a truck. So it's these very specific panels that hold sockets and wrenches and all these different things. But it's cool stuff. Rain Rainfall projects. The other thing is actually a little project um, that my brother and sister-in-law have done. And I'll give them a shout-out because my brother is awesome and extremely intelligent. And they're both photographers. They have a photography studio. And he set up this thing in the front window of their studio. The studio is in downtown, in the town that I grew up in. And so he made this Arduino-based contraption that faces the window. And there's a frame, a big square frame, facing the window. So when people walk up to the window, they put their hand up to the window, and it activates a timer that Mm -hmm. blinks this timer down. And then this frame is a light frame, and it flashes right at their face, and it takes their picture. And so it's basically like a photo booth that's on the outside of a building, (laughs) even though the camera's on the inside of a building. And it's downtown where there's a lot of people walking around and a lot of events and stuff. And so he gets these just really fantastic, candid pictures of all sorts of people, and he uploads them to Instagram. So it's just really cool to see people, just different types of people, reacting differently to that type of thing. So it's it's called the window booth, and uh, it's on Instagram. So Instagram dot com slash window booth. But I'll link to it in the description as well. Cool in the show notes. But go check them out. Um, before we go, gotta thank our Patreon supporters, as always, uh, especially Make Build Modified, John Cornwell, Luis Gonzalez, and Dan Krupnik. Hope I said that right, Dan. Thank you guys and everybody else for the support here uh helping us out make the show it's awesome and if you want to support the show you can go to patreon.com slash making it or you can share the show around tell people about it buy a shirt give somebody a high five and tell them to listen to our podcast (laughs) i don't know there's all sorts of ways you can help um we also should start pointing out and reminding people that uh at the beginning of October, there are two Maker Fairs. The first weekend, one in New York, one in Atlanta. And I'm going to be at the Atlanta one. Jimmy, you're going to be at the New York one, I assume, right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, I think there's going to be a couple of big YouTubers there. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say it, so I was just about to say it, but the breaks just went on in my mind. Hmm. <laughs> breaks. So I'm sorry, but there's going to be a couple of big YouTubers from Europe there. I'll say that. Hmm. At least one of I know of. Yeah. European yeah. YouTuber. Female. <laughs> That, All right, I'll stop. That narrows it down. <laughs> yeah, so uh, if anybody's going to be at either one of those, we'll be there. We'd love to see you hang out and stuff. And I just want to say real quick that if you are in the Indianapolis area this Saturday, I will be at the Festool Connect event. This mm-hmm. is just a new thing. Um, I'm actually there to uh, to meet with the Shaper guys. And well, I get to see a bunch of cool Festool tools as well on there so uh, if you're in the area come out and say hello awesome cool well uh, I guess that's it for this week unless you guys got anything else nope that's it cool thank you very much everybody 
Thanks for listening. See you next Thanks time. Thanks for listening. You're all pointing at me. I love you. <laughs>